few minutes talking about um, Esther from this morning. After a few moments in that, we'll take some testimonies for tonight. This morning we talked about looking at the action that's going on and uh, there's remembering that there's two sets of characters. There are the ones that we see with our physical eyes and there's that one, the Lord himself, who's working behind the scenes that we don't see him, but we know, we understand in the story what he's doing. I want to talk more about what God is doing specifically in chapter 1 of Esther. Now we know that God's name is not mentioned in any of Esther, but in chapter 1 there's some things going on, and let's talk about what God is doing. Brian had a very interesting Sunday school class this morning. He was talking about um, just how God works and this thing of God's control, God's sovereignty over things and how he is working, and we always wrestle with that and man's responsibility uh, in check with God's sovereignty. Um, but today what we want to talk about is how God is moving events in a certain way and for a certain purpose. And we don't always understand how the individual pieces are working. But since we know the story of Esther, we know what God is doing in, 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 in the overall story. So we can take that and see back into chapter 1 what, what, how God is working. Even though his name is not mentioned in the text, we can see what God is doing. So let's talk about that. Chapter 1, what is God doing? talking for nothing. <laughs> Chapter 1, what is God doing? We saw, we see uh, King Ahasuerus and what he's done. We saw Queen Esther, I mean, excuse me, Queen Vashti and what she's doing. Hi, Owen. You participating. I like that. <laughs> Big smile on his face. So we see Queen Vashti, what, he, what, he's, what she's doing. We see the seven man council of King Ahasuerus and what they're doing. And the question is, what is God doing? What is God doing in chapter 1? All right, Sister Ruby. All right. He's clearing out a spot for Esther. Now, how is he doing that? I mean, there's an obvious answer to that, but we, we want to talk about it. How is he clearing out that spot? Well, he uses her attitude, uh, not wanting to cooperate. Um, he's using something else. The king's, his pride is hurt because he's king of the of the kingdom, and here's one of his subjects, queen, yeah, but subject who's not going along with the plan. That's not, that's not something he likes. So he's got to do something about it. And in fact, they asked the question, what should we do? What should we do? What should we do? If he had say, okay, we'll give her a break. Let's forgive her. 
there'd be no more Esther. <laughs> no more story in the book of Esther. God is doing something. He is using pride, arrogance, a sinful heart, power, the want need for power, control. Um, maybe even in the uh, council, uh, a desire to, to be liked by the king and, you know, to give the king good counsel. He's using all these human traits, and, and most of them, many of them negative, in, in other words, sinful traits, to accomplish his purpose, right? Is that anything unusual? Has God done that before? Does God work like that? Yes, he does, all the time. Is God responsible for their sinful heart or their sinful response? No. No. He's in control of all things, but they sin on their own. They do exactly as they please because they please to do it. God simply is, is a sovereign control over all these things, and I can't explain how or why or, or how that all works, but I can say this. He is in control in such that he guarantees that his outcome is, is what's going to happen. His purpose, his plan, and his will that this position is going to be vacated by Vashti and is going to be available for who he wants to put in there. I like what David said, uh, excuse me, what, what, what it says in the book of Daniel. Brian was going through it in Sunday school class and actually Nebuchadnezzar said it that God is in control. God is sovereign over all kingdoms. He does as he pleases. And for a king to recognize that, he's saying, yeah, I, I've had some control. In fact, I've had more power and control than any other human being alive. But I recognize the one who's really in power is God. So God, now, why are we pointing it out? What comfort does it bring to the believer or why should the believer be comforted by God's use of evil and sin? Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Sin does not thwart God's plan. So he uses even man's sinfulness to accomplish his purpose. What's the greatest example of that? Who said that? The crucifixion, Calvary, right. It was totally Satan's plan to incite the mob and incite the, the religious leaders to kill Jesus, to hate him so much that they killed Jesus. And God said, bring it on. You're accomplishing just what I decided. And it's not, here's the beauty of, of God's plan. It's not something that he said, oh, okay, I didn't know you was going to do that, but since you're going to do that, that works out good for me. Sometimes I'm playing chess or checkers, and then I go, oh, I didn't know you was going to move there, but I'm glad you did because I can take advantage of that. God doesn't do that. I knew you was going to move there all the time because of your wicked heart. You think like that. You were going to act like that, and I planned for that, and I'm going to use that for my purpose and for my glory. So the wicked heart of, of men who hated Jesus incited to kill Jesus. God used for his purpose to have a Savior die for our sin. And so 
Satan is thinking, I got this thing nipped in the bud. I, I finally did it. Remember all throughout, if you look at history, uh, uh, Esther is an example. Satan is always trying to destroy God's plan by affecting God's people. Okay? Satan wanted to knock out the Savior all throughout history. Every opportunity he got, we see some glaring opportunities or some glaring uh, attempts of that in, in various ways. We remember Herod who wanted to kill all the infant children in Bethlehem, all around Bethlehem, and he did. Satan trying to wipe out God's plan. Back, back in, in Genesis, you know, Satan says, well, I tried to get Eve and, and, and Adam on the wrong path, but I'm not going to stop just there. I'll take out their children. I'll take out their two sons. I'll take, have the oldest, or have the, the, the wicked one kill the, the good one, and uh, I'll, be, I'll be set in my plan. He does that continually all through. We can, we can be guaranteed of that, but we can also be guaranteed that God is always working along, completing his plan, even through man's wickedness and sin. How is that a comfort in, in your life? How does that work out in your life? When somebody goes and comes against you, you have an enemy or just somebody who just, you know, we're always bothered, I am at least, by somebody who seems to hate me for no reason at all. <laughs> That's just disturbing. You go, what did I do to that person, right? <laughs> I had a neighbor like that. It's just like everything he did, he did to annoy me. And I couldn't think of anything I did to annoy him except live and exist, right? <laughs> but some people are like that, right? And y you could lay, a, you can lay a, a, awake at night just, just trying to figure out what did you do, but it may not be anything that you did. Everybody's not going to like you, right, Naomi? <laughs> Everybody's not going to like you. But God overcomes even that. Uh-huh. So many times um, we just don't have influence over that, nor do we have responsibility over that, um, over what others are, are determined to do. Um, now, there's other times, the story of Esther is, is beautiful because it teaches that we do have some personal responsibility and what God has given us to do. And we'll get into that when we see Esther come forward and, and, and be the heroine um, that she really is and that God has set her up to be. In, in other words, displaying courage. So um, that, that, that's encouraging to me to know that even though um, bad things happen, bad things happen to me, that still doesn't thwart God's plan. And it just gives me great encouragement. Um, I woke up early Saturday morning, and I got up, and I think I'm getting started on some projects that, that I want to work on. So it was, oh, maybe 5 a.m., and it, it, I couldn't sleep, so I got up. And I go downstairs to the room I'm working in, and I look through the window. Something doesn't look right. Something just doesn't look right. So I look at my backyard, and my backyard is empty. I have a driveway that I parked my truck in. My truck was not there. I said, I know Donna's sleeping in the bed. 
Nobody else has the keys to my truck. Somebody stole my truck. And that's exactly what happened. Somebody stole my truck out of my driveway. And I'm, I'm just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Somebody stole my truck. And you're thinking, well, how did they do So I go out there and I look to see if there's any broken glass. Or I'm even looking to see if there's tire marks where they just, you know, took off and burned rubber as they took off. None of that. So, um, and all the time, I'm just trying to work through my mind. Did this really happen? Yes, it happened. There's this big empty spot where my truck is. is no longer there. Somebody stole my truck. And so, um, I do wake up Donna so she can tell me where the, the information I need to, to get, you know, the, the registration and so forth. And she has it filed away. And then call the um, police station and, and reported it. And um, so I'm praying the whole time. I get out, get in my motorcycle. I have to go to the police station to finish the report of the stolen vehicle, but I'm not thinking about going to the police station. I want to find this truck. I didn't have a lot of gas in my, in, my, in, in my motorcycle, so I had to go, went down the street to get some gas. I couldn't do that. They, their credit card machine wasn't working or whatever. So I go to my station that's just, you know, a couple miles away over by Miller Park, and I drive all the way there. I get gas, I gas up, and I come back, and I start driving around looking for my motorcycle. Guess what? I look, looking for my truck. I found it. I drive around, and I find it laying in front of a, a, parked in front of an abandoned house. I park my motorcycle about a half block away, get my keys, and I'm thinking, is anybody going to see me? I'm, then I thought, this is my truck. <laughs> I wish they'd come out and say something. <laughs> I just want to park my motorcycle away so they don't know that that's what I'm driving because I got to go take this truck back and I got to come back and get my motorcycle. So God answered their prayer. I get in the truck, no damage. They didn't even hardly use any gas. So I don't know where they went. It was about uh, six blocks away from my house. But God got, you know, it could have been six blocks in any direction. It could have took me forever to find that. But God literally guided me almost right to the thing. It was a block away from my old, excuse me, right across the street from my old high school. And uh, there it sat. I got in it, started up, drove it home. I told Don, <laughs> we got the truck. She said, what? How did that happen? She said, I was praying for you. And so, yeah, we, we got the truck back. No damage. They had just gone through my um, council and, and taken everything out, looking for stuff. Um, and, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I might as well tell you the dumb thing that I did. I had an extra key, the bottom of the, of the whole center council there, which they found and, and started the truck with. But that combination of the fact that the night before, Don and I had done some shopping, and, and I had put some stuff in the back seat. I have a four-door, so I put something in the back seat. So I didn't power lock the doors. I left the back door open so I could get stuff out. Well, I'm getting stuff out. I'm going to the house, and I come back. Then I get something out of the bed of the truck. You have to open up the, the, the gate and, and do that. And I forget to lock it. That's what happened. I forget to lock it. Here's a combination. I forget to lock the truck. I have my key hidden away, but not really hidden away. 
it's not obvious, but that's the first place a thief is going to go in your glove box or in your council and look for what he finds. And the fact that it's a Friday night and we get this kind of traffic of people who just kind of wandering through the neighborhood and they're just going to happen to check your door and it happens to be open. And they get in it, they happen to look for whatever valuables there and they happen to find a key. And they can start it now. So now I have a stolen truck and somebody else has my keys <laughs> or a set of keys. I'm waiting for them to come back <laughs> to that house. I'm going to give them the gospel real good. <laughs> it is the gospel. God's judgment is part of the gospel. Did you know that? <laughs> God says, since you don't heed the son, you're going to deal with the son's wrath. They're going to get a head start if they come, <laughs> if they come back. <laughs> I'm so thankful that God allowed me to, to see that, to, to find it and to relocate it and to bring it back home. No harm. Not a single thing harmed on it. Had to put the stuff back that was taken out, but it was just thrown on the floor, nothing damaged. Now, they did take some old credit cards and try to make some charges on that that didn't go through. I uh, had a, uh, uh, a fraudulent uh, call to, to, our, to our phone to say, hey, is the, are these your charges? We said, no, we cut it off. But they had tried to make $600 worth of charges at a, a Walmart, another hundred-something dollars somewhere else, and $88 at a gas station, so they were, they were trying to use it. Um, but God, um, in spite of my stupidity, neglect, and not, you know, caring as I, I should have, um, and with all of these things just happening at the same time, God is still watching over. God is still guiding. God is still gracious. And... Um, you know, so he, he works. He works. And here's the good news. And when I went to, um, I began to study um, in, in seminary. I went to a, a seminary that's Watertown. You know where that is, um, just outside the Madison area. And um, to me, the theology of a lot of people is, if we're going to um, be fruitful in the gospel, we got to have a fertile ground to plant seed in, you know. That's just nonsense. Let me tell you why. Milwaukee is not fertile ground. Milwaukee is weeds. Terrible weeds. Uh, fertile ground, in some people's eyes, would be the suburbs and the small towns where, you know, there's no churches for miles. Oh, let's start first whatever church here and make this work. Get some good working people who are hard working, who make money, who can support the church and that's man's plan. I don't know that that's God's plan. Now God can use that. But some who have that mentality says the gospel doesn't work in the city because it's just too much wickedness going on. Nonsense. God put us right where he wants us to be because God can grow. <laughs> God can grow 
a, a, a crop in the middle of the desert. God can grow the gospel seed in the middle of a concrete jungle. And we're proof of that. And so that's encouraging to me. God does not, he is not subject to man acting right and being right for his plan to go through. <laughs> He's in control of even wickedness for his glory. He's in control of even sinners and their sin. He's in control of your boss at work. He's in control of the mayor of this city, even though they allow wicked things like gay pride. He's still in control of this city. He's still in control of the governor of the state of Wisconsin, even though I didn't vote for him. I don't like him. I don't like what he stands for. I never will vote for that nonsense. But God is still in control. Right. And whether they want to do right or not, one of the reasons why I don't, um, well, that's another topic. I'll get into that later. But, God is in control. We need to recognize that. And we need to receive comfort from that, encouragement from that. I don't need a political party to be in, uh, uh, in vogue or, or be voted in to, to, to do all that God intends to do. Now, I'm not saying I shouldn't be working for some of those things that make sense to do. But that doesn't thwart God's plan. Put this in the context of Esther and what's going on there, and then in the context of us spiritually. The context of Esther, politically and even spiritually, is that Israel had lost its land, lost its king, no longer had a land, no longer had a king, a leader, and no longer had a people in one place. They were scattered all over the place. In fact, they were that way. If you read Deuteronomy, I had to look at the chapter, because God had promised, when you go against me, when you sin against me, a nation will come and dominate you and rule over you and will, you will cease to exist. And that's what was happening in Mordecai and Esther's day. And yet they remained faithful to the Lord because God said, you remain faithful to me, and out of the ashes I will bring you up and accomplish my purpose and my plan. Here they are under a nation, and they, they are seeing this celebration by King Ahasuerus and saying, this dude is in control of all of this land, and it's not our king. He doesn't recognize Israel. He doesn't honor the Lord. What do we have to celebrate? And then this happens. He calls for Vashti to come out. And Vashti said, I ain't coming out. And, and God opens up a slot for a new queen. Now, maybe if they have Fox News of that day, Fox News will be speculating, what's the chances of getting a Jewish queen in there? <laughs> Zilch, zero, nada, hardly nothing, right? But God is working his plan. We're going to see several years pass this third year reign of, of Ahasuerus and um, um, when Queen Esther is finally put into place. There's a couple of years that, 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 that happened there. God is working behind the scenes to accomplish his plan. That, that, that to me is just great encouragement when we see the setting because it shows me that we live in an age where, yes, God 
is working. And we can be encouraged by that. All right. Um, let's take just a few moments for testimonies. If you have a testimony, maybe you just have a response to, to, to God's word and what's been said. A response or testimony. We'll take some time to do that. All right, I see two hands here. The red light is on, then it's on. I want to praise the Lord that he's reestablished himself and, yes. and the Lord and has brought him back to full service, and yes. I, I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. But I want to tell you how the Lord has blessed Sweet Communion um, with the ministry of preaching, what Brian Christopher did. I ain't going to forget that. Brian Christopher was a preacher, and it was Holy Ghost preaching. Mm, and amen. the kids, y'all ain't kids, forgive me. The choirs were singing hallelujah songs. <laughs> they were singing from their heart, and the spirit was just so, to see how Jacqueline has grown and singing, how Heidi was singing, it was such a blessing to my soul. Mm -hmm. See, they don't say you spoke, we don't supposed to jump up and dance. I almost did it this morning. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> the preaching, the singing, it was amazing. I'm praising Amen. the Lord how we growing. And we keep faithful serving him, mm -hmm. going on calling that established, and we have faithful people that call every single Saturday. Mm -hmm. I'm just so thankful that. And these people are new, or, or some are, are not new, new, but they're faithful. Mm -hmm. They have a burden for the lost, and they Amen. go out. And I'm just thankful for the, how the Lord is working in, in, in Sweet Communion and the, the, the band, the choir. It just, it's just, when I hear y'all play, I say, these people ain't had no training. That's Holy Ghost music. Yeah, and I'm just praising the Lord for that and the, and the faith, how the Lord has held this church together. And mm -hmm. I just thank him so much for you all people here and praying faithful people. We have a small remnant but that's all we need. And the Lord to add to it, such as he see fit mm -hmm. daily. And I just thank the Lord yes. for sweet communion and for how he's working in, in the hearts of his people and those people, young, faithful, young people. Because, you know, we on our way home and somebody's going to have to replace us. And I see great replacements coming in here. Praise God. And I just mm -hmm. praise the Lord for that. Mm -hmm. Amen. Riley? I want to thank one of my testimonies is because we have great role models so me and naomi um god had called us to do like a little movie about like christian things and we can't wait to do it and we gotta we already got it set because we want to do it at, we gotta we want to be the first young people to um like at this age to do stuff like show the gospel so they've been showing me bits and pieces of that they are writing a a uh, a play in a movie so praise god brian and jeremy oh make room <laughs> here they come <laughs> all right sister janet <laughs> who's next oh, i just oh. wanted to thank the lord for yesterday we had the youth i usually don't be here with the youth but um, they had so much fun yesterday. And then my mom gave the uh, lesson at the end. <laughs> and the kids, they faced when she was done with the lesson was like. 
But she just told them that little kids do go to hell. They know the <laughs> that they know the difference between you know heaven and hell, and know how to be saved. The ones who know the way um, and understand it, little kids do go to hell. So <laughs> a lot of them was just looking, like it was just a shock. Mm -hmm. But the the lesson she gave it was just really good, and it's just like she was just saying how they have heard the word from pastor, how they heard it from this dick and truth seekers, and. Then they heard it in Sunday school, and then they heard it from her yesterday, and it was just a blessing just to hear her speak. Mm. And then, oh, and I, I wanted to tell you guys to pray for the mission because um, um, you guys were talking about, you, Pastor Brian was talking about the gay pride and stuff like that. And Friday, we had a man, well, he thought he was a lady, but um, <laughs> he tried to come into the mission as a lady, and we had to redirect him to the man's side, but he was upset because he was saying that he had changed his name and he was not a man anymore and it was just like real difficult and I was just like well we, I mean he can't be in here <laughs> like but it was just it was it's just crazy that it's real that these people mm -hmm. really think that they are mm -hmm. women and stuff like that and and we just had to, to send them over to the men's side I don't know what happened but mm -hmm. just pray that they continue to make the right decisions about right. when these people come in because some have their whole body changed and it's I don't know how we gonna decide how they do that but right. you know just pray about that. Well, I have a suggestion how we decide to do that. We simply say that person, just because you're confused doesn't mean I'm confused. Okay? God made you a male. That's what you are. You might be confused about that, but that's what he made you. Just because you're confused don't mean I'm confused. All right, Sister Janet. And it has been so faithful um, in evangelism. And just, I, I praise the Lord, not afraid to be in an uncomfortable position, but let God use you. And that's exactly what she does. And her and Brian have been a team to go out. This, this past Saturday, we went on 35th and Fond du Lac. And it's, it's a bunch of crazy people all over the place there. But we had a good time. <laughs> we had a great time. <laughs> Janice and Brian were a team, and, and uh, uh, along with Brenda, I actually, yeah, the, the three of them, and then there's two separated, Brenda and Janet, so uh, it was just a great time. Praise God for your faithfulness to let God use you, and he is using you. Praise God for, for both of you, uh, Brenda, as well, as, as God continues to use you. All right, Brother Dwayne. I, I want to praise God. I want to praise God for who he is. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this family. A um, uh, couple of things that happened first. Like you, I, I didn't get nothing stolen, but I had something missing. Like my, my wedding ring, I ended up, it came up missing. And it was down, one winter was down in the snow. Mm. And you know how hard it is to find things down in the snow. But I asked the Lord to show me, let it shine in my face. Mm -hmm. Where is it at? I went outside, went down the steps, and looked down. There it is, shining, <laughs> right dead in my face. And I told, remember, I told him, turned to my wife. I said, the Lord found my, <laughs> found my ring. Hey, Got man. it. Picked it up and put it in, put it back on my finger. I haven't lost a sense but um, then yesterday I went to um, this sub place because they had owed me 
a sub. And there was a young lady that was in there that called herself trying to be a man. And um, she was down, walking around with her pants all down past her butt and everything. And I walked up to a lady. I asked the Lord how to, how, how do I present myself to uh, the people in here? And he showed me, he told me, go talk to her. Mm. So I went and talked to her. And she didn't have no idea how to say something to the young lady who was walking around with her pants all down. So I went to, um, um, I guess she was a manager or something, and she also was a work. The lady with the pants all down was a worker. So I went to her. I said, could you please tell her to pull her pants up? I said, because it's not respectful for her or and it's disrespecting everybody else around here. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's, she spoke real softly and said, well, in her mind, she thinks she's a man. And so don't say nothing to her or nothing because we don't want no trouble. But I'm just saying how God works. Mm -hmm. How he, he didn't allow me to blot out and say, hey, won't you pull up your pants or whatever or whatnot. You know, and and, uh, and so she said what she going to do is pull her to the side and tell her it's not respectable about you walking around here with your pants hanging down off your butt and everything. Because the lady was like, I hate that. I hate that. Why did he be doing that? Why they, see, she was ready to explode, mm -hmm. you know, so. I don't know if that was God's purpose for me being being there. I do believe it was his purpose for me being there so it can be done in a right and correct way, mm -hmm. in order. He, here's the thing. I, I think it's good that, that you mentioned something. Even as a customer, the world wants it both ways. They want to say, <coughs> let's treat everybody equal. And so if a person, um, no matter what they want to to count themselves as they want to be treated as equal will then act in a respectable manner and so whether you male or female or whether you, even if you don't know who you are um, you should dress in a pleasing way and customers do have a say about that this is this is your business place oh, you don't you know, you can't boss anybody around, but you can't say, look, I'm not comfortable being a customer here when your employees dress in that type of way. Whether they're male or female, it doesn't matter. And so that, that can be stated and, and I think should be stated. As far as testimony, God gives us uh, wisdom and opportunity to be testimonies um, wherever we are. And uh, we ran into that yesterday too, didn't we? <laughs> Man dressed up, or man dressed up as a woman, and, and we approached and, and talked to. Donna, you had a testimony. Anybody else? We're gonna wrap things up here. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that I, my mom ain't even in here, but still, I just gotta give her kudos for. Um, my mom, she is, she is always doing something, and it's always something in ministry. I mean, some in in ministry, sometimes it can be hard because people always come to you and telling you what they can't do. But my mom is one of those people. 
yesterday we went out witnessing. She was there. She ran the youth group. She made the ice cream. She cleans the church. She does so much stuff with the energy that God has given her. That is what she uses it for. And she is such an inspiration to me. And I just am so thankful. When we was out witnessing yesterday, one of the men, he was drunk. But she went up to him and she was trying to give him a track. And so when she said, you need to know who Jesus is, the man said, I'm Jesus. <laughs> and so you know what she did? She turned around and walked away. <laughs> and he got mad because she walked away from him. And so because she walked away from him, he became antagonistic. And so while we stand on that corner, we walked away and went someplace else. But he followed her. And he kept following her. And then he put his fingers in his face, and I was like, okay, we done with you. You know? And, um, and so we went, we went across the street where he couldn't, you know, have contact with us. But the fact of the matter is she is in her 70s, and she was out there <laughs> passing out those tracks with us just all the time doing something in God's work. And she just blesses my heart. If you wonder why I'm involved in ministry like I am, she is a prime example, and it inspires other women to do that in church. I think of Ruby. I see her working in Sunday school. I see her in the nursery. I see her doing all these things in ministry. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be involved in his work and to do his work. And how do you do that is being involved in the nursery, being involved in witnessing, cleaning the church, singing in the song, singing, doing those things. And when I see that, that inspires me to say, you can do the things that God wants you to do, even if it seems like it's extra, if it's more work. It just is a blessing to my heart to just see her at this stage in her life to be doing that. And I'm just thinking to my Lord, to the Lord, I can do that. And so I just am just blessed by her. And I just, you know, the Bible says when it's in your heart to do good, don't withhold it to share that about a person. Mm -hmm. And she mm -hmm. is truly a blessing to me. <laughs> she is an example, a testimony. <laughs> what we call her, the, the, was it the, the ever ready, a bunny that never stops going, keeps on going? What's that? Energizer had the wrong company. Yeah, Energizer. Yeah. All right. Let's close our time in, in prayer. I understand we have some treats next door. The Energizer Bunny has uh, made some homemade ice cream. So go and get a sample of it uh, as we close. <laughs> Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the testimony of your people. How you are working in so many ways. They would be behind the scene if we don't discuss them, but now we discuss them and they come to the front, and we thank you for that. We give you praise and glory. Bless us throughout this week. Give us strength. Give us courage. Protect us as we uh, help us be a testimony for you. For Christ's sake, amen.